This is Health Dose, a conversational podcast that focuses on issues that affect your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell, and on today's episode of Health Dose, we're joined by Dr. A.J. Pinney. Dr. Pinney, a Midland native, is a family medicine physician with specialized fellowship training in non-surgical sports medicine. Dr. Pinney provides both non-surgical musculoskeletal care and sports injury evaluation and treatment through MidMichigan Health's WellSport program. Dr. Pinney joins us today to talk about alternative treatments for osteoarthritis. Osteoarthritis is a term that is traditionally called wear and tear arthritis, or a degenerative process of the hyaline cartilage in your joints. What that essentially means is the joints are breaking down as we age and get more sophisticated in life. And this can traditionally cause pain and debility when trying to get around. When I was young, the old people used to talk about arthritis. What does the addition of the word osteo onto arthritis mean and how does it make it different from what I grew up knowing that older people got? It really is not that much different. So osteo in medicine is a term that refers to bone and arthritis traditionally refers to an inflammatory process. The difference between arthritis and osteoarthritis, however, is osteoarthritis is primarily a degenerative process. So what this means is you have many risk factors for this type of disease, but this is something that many people suffer from later in life. And so it truly is the wear and tear when we think about arthritis but is not always inflammatory condition, which is one of the reasons why the anti-inflammatories don't always provide the relief that patients are looking for. So how common is it? Is it something that all of us, if we're lucky enough to live long enough, are going to experience? If we're lucky to live long enough, I think all of us are going to develop a little bit of joint space narrowing or wear and tear in our joints. Now, there are different risk factors, which can be anything from genetics to obesity to especially prior injuries or prior surgery on that joint or area. So those risk factors predispose us to developing osteoarthritis, but it's extremely common. And out of all the patients I see in my office, it's definitely the principal complaint that I see. So when somebody comes to you with osteoarthritis, what other things are being affected in their body that they might see you about? when the root cause, like you said, is osteoarthritis? The most common things that we see are traditionally knee pain associated with osteoarthritis, hip pain, and shoulder pain. Now, you can develop osteoarthritis in your wrist after an injury that you had when you were young, or even in your ankle after a snowboarding injury you had over on Boyne Mountain. So it really can affect any of the joints of your body, but definitely knee, hip, and shoulder are probably the most common that we see. So what are some of the traditional treatment methods that you employ when you have somebody who presents you with osteoarthritis? Because we said it's a wear and tear process, and it's something that it's very, very difficult to prevent or completely solve, we use a multimodal approach to treatment of arthritis. We traditionally use medicines, which are either anti-inflammatory medicines, like you've heard of ibuprofen over-the-counter, Aleve, all the different brand names out there. There's natural anti-inflammatories like turmeric or avocado soy and such that we use as a form of natural anti-inflammatory to reduce side effects associated with taking long-term NSAIDs. We also do injections, both using steroid, which is an anti-inflammatory, as well as visco supplementation, which is a really long 
large word meaning we lubricate the joints. So like greasing up the tires. If the tires are squeaky, then you can put some lubrication in there and the thought process is that they're less squeaky and can glide better when you're walking. Now, traditionally, after you've exhausted all of the medicines, injections, bracing and physical therapy, which provides strengthening to your muscles. That's when we get our orthopedic colleagues involved and they discuss replacement surgery. Replacement surgery is a large surgery to have, and it definitely takes some planning in people's lives. And so my job is to help facilitate when is the best time for that replacement? When is the patient ready? And can we provide pain relief treatments until they're ready for that surgery? Because, for instance, you have to think about things in terms of are they able to drive themselves around town to appointments when they have surgery? Do they have a first floor bathroom? These are all things that you got to concern yourself with. Yeah, it truly is amazing how much we use our knees. And so until you've had a knee injury and you really haven't been able to get around to go to the refrigerator or drive or do those types of things, you kind of don't realize that use. So you're totally correct that when you get knee surgery specifically, it can take almost a year to recover from that surgery. So you definitely need people at home to help you get around, at least for the first couple weeks, as well as it takes a lot of physical therapy several months after surgery to get your strength back. And so it truly is something that takes a lot of planning and picking a good time in your life when it's time to get that surgery. And myself and our orthopedic colleagues help to prepare you for that with hopes that the only curative aspect of osteoarthritis is a joint replacement. I wanted to jump back. We talked about steroids. These are not the same kind of steroids that athletes use on the slide to make them hit the ball harder. <laughs> no, they're not. They, they are the types of steroids that if you've ever gotten poison ivy and you had to rub some lotion or take a pill, they're very similar compilation of that. But we essentially use a mixture of numbing medicine or anesthetic and steroid that we inject directly into an area of irritation to provide the strongest anti-inflammatory that we have. Now, you may have seen in the news that there was a big journal article that said, should we be injecting steroid into joints repetitively? Are we doing more damage to the area? And our current thought right now in restorative medicine and in orthopedics and sports medicine is that if you're truly unable to walk and this is really being debilitating, utilizing the steroid is necessary to get you moving again and to help relieve some of that pain. But with that said, we really try to use all of our other options as well to try and treat your pain and not just say, we'll see you in three months for your next injection type of thing. And am I right in assuming that those steroid injections over time become less and less effective? They have studied that. And for a lot of people, they have noticed that the more that they get, the less effective they are. But there are several instances where I can tell you where I've injected a patient's hip with steroid and I don't see them for one year, two years, three years. So one of the frustrating things for patient about a steroid injection is that they're highly unpredictable how long and how much relief they'll provide you. So for some patients or some of your friends, you'll get an injection and six months later, you're like, you know, my knee's starting to bother me. And for other people, they may only get two weeks of relief and then their knee really bothers them. And part of that could be the severity of the osteoarthritis in that joint. And the other part could be 
that steroid just is not providing the relief that you need. And in that case, that's when we utilize our other different types of injections that can try and provide relief from the visco supplementation to different types of steroids even, or even kind of a newer upcoming injection in the field of restorative medicine called platelet-rich plasma injections, where we actually utilize your own blood plasma to signal to the body that an area is damaged and that it needs to be healed. And that actually is very, very cool to use your own mechanics and inflammatory markers to heal itself type of thing. This business of the platelet injections and the visco injections, that's relatively recent, isn't it? The visco supplementation has been around for a while. So it's been rebranded by several different TV shows. If you've ever seen a TV show, do you have joint pain type of thing? But those have been around for 15, 20 years or so, but they're getting better and they one barrier of those types of injections are they are usually a series of injections whereas a steroid is one injection the visco supplementation is usually three injections one week apart or even five injections depending on which formulary we choose for that patient so that has been around for a while and is very well studied in terms of osteoarthritis the prp or platelet-rich plasma has also been around for a while but in terms of injections it's a a fairly new topic. And you'll hear a lot of people say, I want a PRP injection. It's going to regenerate my tissue. And one thing I really want to emphasize is that we know that osteoarthritis is there and the only cure is surgery. Okay. And so the PRP injections, the stem cell injections, they do not regenerate your cartilage. They do not improve your age. It's not the fountain of youth. But the idea behind it is it's a signal to your body that an area is damaged and needs to be healed and helps to try and speed up the process. And so we have seen great results with that and are starting to utilize that in both muscles, tendons, and even in joints to help provide relief for our patients. Yeah, it's important you understand when your doctor's talking about treatment versus cure. They're, right. they're, they're two very different things, different concepts. Yeah, I totally agree. Are you actually talking to your patients about turmeric and things like avocado soy? I actually am. So I'm very interested when I go to the grocery store and see all kind of the fun stuff that is out there that people are trying and just kind of buying on their own. And so my goal is to look at the evidence behind the alternative medicines and see what actually has been shown to be effective. And some of those substances that have been shown to be effective, one of them is turmeric if you take it twice a day. It's a natural anti-inflammatory and it serves essentially as ibuprofen or a leave and has less side effects minus the fact that you can still get some irritation in your stomach from it. They've also studied avocado soy and other types of topical lotions that can serve as natural anti-inflammatories. And some of the anti-inflammatory gels have actually gone over the counter too and are much more affordable than they used to be. So those are initial line things that I think are really great to try. And and I love to discuss with my patients different types of things that we can try to help get them moving again and figure out what their goals are for treatment prior to just saying, you know, there's no cure for your problem, you need surgery type of thing. You mentioned something about strengthening the muscles and and the ligaments around those joints. What kind of exercises are you suggesting for your patients who have knee, hip, and shoulder problems? 
Some of these are joint specific, but for the most part, the olden days of thinking, I have arthritis, I shouldn't move, we found are just wrong. So our joints were made to move and to bend. And so the goal behind a strengthening program is to strengthen the muscles around, above and below the joints in order to help them move better. Now, with that said, if your knee is really bothering you and you're limping while walking, my goal is to find a different exercise we can do to try and keep that joint moving and maintain your flexibility. So when you talk about evidence, the best exercise you could do are things like Tai Chi and yoga and balance exercises, because those really help to stabilize the joints and strengthen the muscles above and below each joint. Besides that, things like riding the recumbent bike, swimming, all those types of exercises are less stressful on the joint than running or walking and are some types of exercises that I'll recommend to my patients to try first. And if some of those are bothersome or cause pain, then we can find something else that they can try and do to really stay moving. Because it's difficult if your hip is bothering you for someone to say, oh, you you just need to go exercise and that'll help type of thing. That is family medicine physician at MidMichigan Health's Wellsport program, Dr. A.J. Pinney. As always, if you have health concerns, the best place to start is your primary care provider. If you need help finding a primary care provider, go to midmichigan.org slash doctors. Dr. Penny currently sees patients in both Alma and Mount Pleasant. Those who would like more information about MidMichigan Health's Wellsport program can go to midmichigan.org slash wellsport. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Thank you so much for listening. Check back again soon for another episode of Health Dose.